Well, tonight we're going to start a new series. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's, it's a real simple word. Uh, you, you all go on these probably with your mom or parents. Maybe some of you drive, but we drive on what? Roads. Everybody say it real loud. Roads. Roads. I want to talk about roads for the next few little whiles, a few services, okay? It's a small group, and then our other times we're going to talk about roads. I want to specifically talk about different roads in the Bible and kind of share some stories from that and some applications that we can take from roads in the Bible. But before we get started, let's pray real quick. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that we live in America, Lord, that we get to serve you. We get to worship you. We get to lift you up, God. And we pray tonight, Lord, that every distraction, everything that would, Lord, come to hinder what you're trying to speak into our lives, that it would be taken away, God, and that we would hear your word and it would be implanted in our hearts, God. So tonight, God, I just pray for each and every person in here. I pray for next door, the kids building everywhere. Lord, let your presence be felt tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. All right. So this life is full of roads. How many has been on a uh, 100 roads in your life, you think? 100 roads. How many has been on 200 road, different roads in your life? 500 different roads. We're starting to lose people. Do you all keep count? I mean, you're raising your hands like you really know. You probably can't count. If you start naming them, you don't remember the name. You don't remember the numbers, do you? What's the name of the road you live on? She doesn't know. Okay, we'll go to the next person. What's the name of the road you live on? Kilo Drive. Anybody live on Kilo Drive? Just him. Okay. What's the name of the road you live on? Wall Trip Lane. Okay. Anybody live on Wall Trip Lane? Anybody live on P Ridge Road? Anybody got some P Ridge? Go ahead and say, Woo, P Ridge Road. We got three of us in here, four of us in here. That's what I'm talking about. Carlos, where you live? What road? Milan. Anybody live on Milan? Okay. That's, that's a weird one. But there's roads everywhere. Is that me? I'm sorry. There's roads everywhere. Different roads take us different places, right? And in life, it's the same way. Spiritually, it's the same way. The roads that we take are going to take us to a destination. And you've got to choose the right road to be on. Tonight, we're going to start this series called Roads. We're going to talk about different roads of the Bible. But let's first take a look at Isaiah 35. Isaiah is, is a very difficult read, so I'm going to try to kind of give you the little insight here, okay? He is foretelling basically what is to come of the, of the children of Israel, but it's, it's a really a metaphor or a look into what our future is spiritually. So let's read it with that thought in mind. With this news... Strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. Come on, somebody, somebody say amen real quick. Amen. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. He will unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams will water the wasteland. If you think about what it's saying here, man, that's some powerful stuff. Just out of nothing, God's going to create something. 
And there's a spiritual application there that if you live for God, He can do these things and He will do these things for you, even in a desert wasteland. So keep going. The parched ground will become a pool and the springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. And a great road, somebody say a great road. Real loud for me, a great road. Very good. We'll go through the once deserted land, and it will be named the what? The highway of holiness. Somebody say it real loud. Holiness. 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 Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Yeah, I knew there was a last part there. These verses symbolize how Christ has created a highway to heaven. It's a highway of holiness. The name of the road that Christians should live on should be the name called Highway of Holiness. It's a name that should apply to our life. His name is Jesus, but he's the highway of holiness. As our society moves further and further away from God, we must all check ourselves. Somebody say, check yourself. To be sure you're on the highway of holiness. If you're a Christian tonight, if you're a believer, you should be on the highway of holiness. This road I'm talking about is a narrow road. As Matthew said it in Matthew 7, 14. But the gateway to life is very narrow. Somebody say very narrow. And the road is difficult. And only a few ever will find it. It's difficult. You might get made fun of on this road. You might lose some friends on this road. Your family might forsake this road. This road is not something that's easy. If you live for God, it's not an easy thing. And in a world where we get further and further and further away from the truth of God, it's going to get even more difficult. The Word says it. It's narrow. It's tight but it's a highway of holiness. This road is only for those who walk in God's ways. Holiness is not a word you hear very often anymore. Even in the church, it has become a rare thing to hear or understand what true holiness is. But the way to heaven, the way to our eternal destination, is a highway, the Bible says it, a highway of holiness. I want to look at Romans 12, number 1 through 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, and so, Passion Youth Group, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy, say holy, sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you, finish it for me, think. we got to change the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What you need to know tonight is that God's will for you is to be on the road of holiness. It's good and pleasing and perfect. That's the perfect will of God, to be on the highway with Him of holiness. 
Holiness focuses on our separation from sin and consecrates us to a holy God. See, God is holy, and he wants his children to be holy. I don't want the word holy to scare you. We have the Holy Bible. Why? It's God's word to it. It's holy, and God has portrayed and showed his holiness all throughout that word. He's shown us that, how holy he is. And as Christians, we ought to strive to be holy as he is holy. We need to be diligent in our seeking after what pleases the Lord versus what pleases ourselves. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16 says, So prepare your minds for action. Somebody say action. And exercise self-control. Y'all can leave this scripture up. This is the thing that gets me. As a Christian, a lot of times we hear the word, we talk about it, Pastor Kevin preached, we go to camp, but we don't take action. We don't exercise self-control. We don't capture the thoughts that would lead us to a different road for our life. And we continue on this little journey through this little over here, and let me see what this looks like because it's interesting. You've got to capture and take action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Let me say that again. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be what? Say it real loud for me. Holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. Be holy in everything we do. We ought to strive for holiness. That's a little scary. To be like Jesus. If you really think about it, how could we ever be like him? And let me tell you this, you can't on your own. But he's applied his name to your life and in your heart. If you're a believer, if you've accepted him, if you've confessed with your mouth and you've repented of your sins, he's living on the inside of you. And you're on the road. It's, it's the, the point is, is to stay on the road with him. Stay on the road with Jesus. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. Let me, let me say that. If you're writing down, holiness is not about a list of do's and don'ts. You can't say, well, what can I do as a Christian? I can't go here. I can't go there. I can't. If you have that mentality in your mind, that's probably the wrong way to think about it. What you should ask is, is this activity pleasing to the Lord? Is this going to please my Father? Is this going to keep me on the road to holiness? Is this going to keep me in the line to get to the eternal destination of heaven? And if it's not, if it's on the line, you know what you need to do is stay away from it. Don't go down that activity. Don't watch that show. Don't listen to that. One of the things I thought about was... Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but some of you I know have read Smith Wigglesworth is just awesome preacher back in the, you know, back in the day and different writings. And one, one guy I was reading about said he went to visit Smith Wigglesworth. And Smith Wigglesworth spent hours and hours of time in prayer every day. And so the guy goes to his uh, house, gets an invitation to go to his house and visit Mr. Smith Wigglesworth. 
Smith Wigglesworth comes to the door, opens the door real lightly. He had been praying and um, saw the guy had a newspaper in his hand. He, Smith Wigglesworth didn't even say hello or anything. He said, you can't bring that newspaper in my house. It's full of lies and unholiness, basically. And said, put the newspaper down. And so the guy threw it in the bushes and goes in his house and then spent you know, a few hours with Smith Wigglesworth. But I thought about that. A man that would be so devoted to God and he wouldn't let the local newspaper in his home. Now that was back in the day. And you think about the things we let in our home every day. We put before our eyes. The reason he didn't let the newspaper in his home because he said it's full of lies. They're not telling the truth. You look at the media today, and we hear this all the time. The media is untruthful, and you heard that, and you heard that. And what is true? The only thing true in this world is God and his Bible and his holy word. That's what's true. And so if, if you're focused on those things, you get in fear, you get in doubt, you get in unbelief. And what God is calling us to do is to be separated from the world and not to put our eyes and our mind upon those things that we shouldn't go down. Can I get an amen on that, somebody? It ain't popular. It ain't popular to tell your friends, I don't watch that show. Do you know how many times a week somebody references a movie at work and I don't have a clue? I don't have a clue. And they're like, you remember that scene from, and I'm just like, and I got to shake my head and I got to explain to them, look, I don't listen to that. I don't watch that. And then they begin to ask why. Well, I'm not ashamed to tell them because I don't believe I need to put that in front of my eyes. It's not good. It's not good for me. It's not good for my children. The reason I monitor what I'm watching is because I don't want the devil to have a door and to take, take control of the driver's seat and start taking me down a road I don't want to go down. Can I get an amen? Amen. So it's not about a list of do's and don'ts, but it's, a, it's about a asking the Lord, hey, is this okay for me to do? And if the Lord ain't leading you, if you ain't heard from his word or his spirit, See, that's how he speaks to us, through his word and through his spirit. If you haven't heard from those two, you don't need to do it. You don't need to walk down that because it's not on the road of holiness. I've heard people say, well, the Bible doesn't say I can't do this or I shouldn't do that. Or my favorite is show me in the Bible where I can't do this. Listen, you're trying to find every little out and every little loophole in what God is calling you to do is to listen to his voice. Listen to his, what he's saying in his word and what he's saying in his spirit. Don't try to justify your actions by saying it's not in the Bible so I can do it, therefore I can do it. That's not what God has called us to do. We don't get to pick and choose what we can and can't do. And in the church today and in the world today, People call themselves Christians and do whatever they want because of grace. And what you need to, do, need to know, young person, is God is not looking. He, he's out to give grace, yes, but he's not looking for you to keep on staying in that sin that you were set free from. He's looking for you to stay on a road that would get you far away from that sin that you've been dealing with. Y'all can say amen at any point here. Your heart should be to ask, is this pleasing to the Lord? Would the Lord consider this activity as being holy as he is holy? Would the Lord call it holy to talk bad about somebody? The next time you're talking bad about somebody, I want you to ask that question. Would the Lord call this holy? Would the Lord call it holy to disrespect your parents? 
Would the Lord be pleased with your eyes looking at whatever screen you're looking at, whether it's a phone screen, computer screen, TV screen? I just included all the screens. Is the Lord pleased with what you're looking at? That's what you need to ask. And if that has a little check in your spirit, you need to get away from it. You need to quit watching it. There are shows, and I kid you not, old, good shows that I have like, I go back and watch it, and it's like, I can't watch it, Carlos. Because I realize there's a subliminal message in there that the devil intended to get somebody, maybe me or my children, and I've got to protect the house. As a man of God, I've got to be holy as he is holy and lead my family in that light. As a young person, you ought to be, even if your parents are not, looking for what is holy to the Lord and what you should be doing or not. What the world would call fun, we often accept. Write that down. What the world calls fun, we often accept and deem it fun. And so therefore, if I can't do it, I'm missing out on the fun. Well, guess what? If you think about it in the light, well, it's not pleasing the Lord. It can't be fun. There are fun things to do as a Christian. Hanging out with you is fun. Trust me. I love it. Every week we get to do it. Play ball, camp, all this great stuff that God, there's a place where God, he, he, lets, us, and he, he lets us have that pleasure together, but there's places that he's not going to allow you to go that the world would call fun. God has called us to a road of holiness, and we should carefully ex evaluate what we do for fun and entertainment. God is not asking for us to be perfect, but what pleases Him is our dependence on Him. And let me say this. The Bible says He wants us to be holy as He is holy. The only way we are perfected is by putting His name upon our life and strive for that holiness, strive for perfection as He is perfect. But understand this, it's only by the power of Jesus Christ and, the, and His blood that was shed on the cross that would allow us to do that. John Piper is a well-known preacher in America. He says it like this, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. I'm going to break that down for you a little bit. God is most glorified in us. If our purpose is to glorify God, and we get... If we get fully satisfied in Him, we glorify God. A lot of times, we're not satisfied with the way a Christian life should be lived. So we start looking at other roads to go down. But if you're completely satisfied in Jesus and He's all that you need, He is glorified. And that's your purpose on life, is to glorify God with your body. Present your body a living, a holy sacrifice, pleasing to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If I make Jesus the Lord of my life and follow him, my life will be marked by holiness. Write that down. If I make Jesus the Lord of my life, and follow him, my life will be marked by holiness. It's going to be marked by holiness. It's holiness is going to be everywhere you go. It's not that you're holier than now. It's not that you're better than other people. It's because you've been marked by Jesus. And wherever you go, you don't do the same things other people do because you're marked. You have a name applied to your life. The Bible says that King David 
was a man after God's own heart. King David started out as a shepherd boy. He was spending time in the wilderness through his own... <clears throat> so spending time in the wilderness through his own livelihood, it taught David about what God was like. I was beginning to think about this. You know, David's sitting there as a shepherd boy. He's out in the field tending sheep. And, and one of the Psalms, he begins to talk about this thing, and you've heard it before, maybe at a funeral or a, a different place. But I, I, hate, I hate when this is just used in funerals and not other places. Go to Psalms 23 in your Bibles or look on the screen. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. This is what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Repeat that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. See, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you have all that you need. David realized that in the field because God provided. As David stayed on the road to please the Lord, God provided, and he realized, I have all that I need if I just stay on this highway of holiness, if I stay on this road. He makes me lie down in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength and guides me along the right path. Somebody say the right paths. The right roads. The right paths bringing honor to his name. I have it in the New King James. And it says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Why is he leading us along the paths of righteousness? Is it for our glory or for his? It's for his. And he's leading us, but here's the thing. If he's leading you as a shepherd would lead the, the, the sheep into, into the right path, if he's leading you, guess what? you got to follow. Oftentimes, sheep get a little wandered off, right? They start going on their own path, and then they don't even know where they're at when they look up. Sheep need to know that their shepherd's in control, and he's going to lead them in the right path. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'm going to read it in New King James because I just like it like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, here's the thing. The devil will take you down a shadow, a valley of shadow of death. Guess what? It's only a shadow. Somebody say it's only a shadow. Live a little bit longer. You're going to see what I'm talking about. There's going to be a shadow come up, a, a dark place where you're not going to know what to do. You're going to say, where is God in this? You're going to have a decision to make. You're going to have something pressing that's going to wear you out for a month, two, maybe three, you know, a year, two years, whatever it is. The length doesn't matter. But it's a season. Somebody say it's a season. It's a season. And if you stay with the shepherd, if you stay on the road of holiness... He's going to lead you to the right place. Go back to that scripture. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid. Somebody say, I won't be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. 
You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. I like that part. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house. Somebody say the house. I need you to say it real loud. The house of the Lord forever. Some of you are trying to be the shepherd or in the case of our series on roads, you want to be the driver. You want to be the pilot. You want to be in charge. And what you need to do is relinquish, I can't say it, let go of that duty. Let go of being the person in charge of your life and let God lead you beside the streams. Let God drive you on the road of holiness. Let God take you down and, 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 and anoint your head, put you in front of your enemies and, and feed you in front of them. He's going to take care of you. He's going to walk you right through the valley of the shadow of death if you let him be the shepherd, if you let him drive the vehicle. But some of you are letting yourself in the driver's seat and you need to get out the driver's seat and let him drive. But what God... <clears throat> but what, But what King David has pinned down for us is that he tried being a shepherd. He realized that it's better to let God do the shepherding. Let God be the pilot of your life. Because when he leads us beside still waters, when he leads, he leads me down the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I love that song we sang at camp, Defender. And uh, I was thinking about that song. It's so much better your way. That little part just gets me every time. It's so much better his way. And God, he will defend you. He will take care of you if you stay in the house, if you stay on the highway that he wants you on. It's a highway of holiness. It's tough. It's narrow. It's difficult, but it's the right path for your life. It's the right place to be. Church is the right place to be. It's the right place. You don't need to wonder and look for it somewhere else. It's the right place. This is the place you need to be. This place in God's house. And maybe one day you move churches. If it's God's house, that's the place you need to be. You need to be plugged in to God's house and his people. And not be afraid of what people will think about you by serving God. I had a moment this week where... One of my coworkers, and I'm going to tell you, uh, just a rough guy, real, real nice guy, but rough in his language and how he talks. But I talk to him every day. I never, I, I, and he knows, he knows I'm a Christian. He knows all about that. He knows I go to church. I'm involved with the youth, and he knows all this stuff. I sing and stuff, and he loves the Lord and goes to his church. And, but I can really tell he's not living for the Lord. Well, he had a, he had a, a little issue come up, a little shadow of darkness right now in his life, some health issues. And he walked in the other day. I could see it on his face. He said, the doctors don't know what it is. I said, I asked him, I said, is there anything? I said, you feeling better? You know, how, how's everything going? And he said, the doctors don't know what it is. He said, the only thing you could do for me is pray. And when he said that, I stood up out and said, you want to pray right now? And believe it or not, he shut the door, and we prayed. And I didn't, have to, I didn't have to 
think of something magical to pray? God heard the little prayer I prayed, and I prayed God would touch him, heal his body. And I sat down, and I said, you know what? I said, God has done miracles. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. And that's what I left it as. And I planted that seed. And I'm going to tell you what. I pray God heals him and saves him and sets him free from anything he's in bondage over. But listen, you got to be ready. You got to be ready on this highway of holiness to be a light, to tell others about the highway, because it's the right place. This is where you want to be. This is where the green meadows are. The grass is greener on this side of life. You can search the world all over. You can go to job after job and pursue this after this, this college and that college, but the green meadows are with Jesus. It's on the road of holiness. Sorry, I'm getting a little pumped up, but man, I want you to get this. We got to stay on the right road. And I hope during this season, this this series that we're going to do on roads, that you realize that God is calling you to a road that you need to stay on. A road of holiness. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house, and you've got to stay in the house. I want them to dim the lights real quick. I'm going to stop here tonight. Um, And you can remain in your seats. I think... I didn't know how to end this tonight, but I wanted a time... I'm going to call it a time of prayer. And I want to just I know we got back from camp, and I know many things have changed, and you have searched your heart, and, and many of you uh, at camp did a lot of soul searching. But here's the thing. Even if it's a decision to live for God, or, or even if it's some things you've been kind of struggling with since camp, whatever it is, maybe you weren't at camp, maybe, maybe you didn't hear all the messages or get a touch from God, and maybe you need to hear this tonight, that you're on the wrong road. And you need to get on the right one. It's so much better his way, guys. It's so much better on the highway of holiness with our Savior. See, God wants to, God wants to do something big with your life. When I say that, I don't mean to, to pump you up. I want, I, want, I want you to understand God, God wants to use you for his glory. See, until we get that point where we're, we're living for the glory of his name, we're not there yet. Every day we ought to search our heart. I, I want to I live for the glory of God. I want to do what, the, what, he, what glorifies him. So I'm going I'm to ask this. Everybody, bow your heads.